You're listening to the Personal Development Through Martial Arts podcast, the podcast where the world's highest personal development experts and martial arts masters come together to empower and inspire you to become your strongest self and live the life that you truly want. Join host Bogdan Rosho, author, public speaker, and the founder of the first personal development through martial arts school in the world in the podcast where you become the hero. We're here with uh, Cole Van D, and I'm very excited to talk to him because he's got a pretty awesome story. Despite the fact that he's only 22, he has a huge experience in uh, building businesses and leading teams of people and uh, last but certainly not least in persuasion, right? His, uh, his main occupation is copywriting and I'm very excited to talk about that because that's a huge topic regardless of whether you're doing martial arts or just you're, you're mm, interested in developing your own life in some way or another. Cole, yeah. please uh, introduce yourself uh, for everyone yeah. uh, tuning in and tell us a bit about how you started your journey. Absolutely, man. Thank you first and foremost for having me on and I'm super excited for this uh, as somebody that uh, was drugged through the MMA circle for quite a few years. So the good friend of mine in the past, it's awesome to be able to get in front of that type of audience again. It's been a little while, uh, so it's great. But um, I did. I recently had a birthday, so I am 23 now. Uh, I'm a copywriter, so what I do is I make people money with awesome words. So you know, people with email lists or the ads you see floating around, books you see, ebooks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, pretty mm-hmm. much anything you see with words on it. That's what I currently do, and I, I honestly, I stumbled into it like naturally on accident. Like it was pretty. Um, I've always been in sales for the most part, and I think that has a lot to do with my mother, who has always been in sales as well. So it's just always been subconsciously there not that she's pushed me into being a salesperson by any means but she's it's just the lifestyle that she always had she always traveling always on the phone with the client you feel like it's something you feel like it's one of those things that chooses you yeah Mm. definitely it's something i mean i i remember selling you know i'd go in mow lawns i'd shovel snow i would be trying to get people to pay me to wash their car as a kid And I, you know, I'd charge them ten, twelve dollars, and I'd run it down to the coin wash for fifty cents and wash it for, you know, it cost me fifty cents in like twenty minutes. And but was was that like because you saw your mother hustling and uh, you wanted to do the same or like support, or was it something that she encouraged you to do? She, it was. She was always working, so and she was always there for me. Like, don't get me wrong, it's not like she was never home by any mm-hmm. means, but she was. I mean, she worked really hard. She. Um, I mean, very long days. Uh, you know, she would be, she'd have to drop me off to school early uh, when I was in elementary school, um, like an hour, hour and a half early. So she'd go to work and then she wouldn't get home until, you know, three, four, five hours after I got out of school. So for me, it seemed like a very long time that she was working. And I thought it was great. So I just naturally um, just always had a work ethic and she never, Never believed in giving me everything she didn't have. She believed in giving me the opportunity to to earn mm-hmm. everything that she didn't have, right? So there was no allowance. It was if you want money, go find a way to get money. If you want a new iPod, you want 
a video game system you want, whatever it is that I wanted at the time, I had to figure out a way to get it. And it made me very creative. So I, you know, knock on doors, ask them other lawn, ask to shovel their sidewalks, uh, ask to do something around their house, whatever it may be, rake the leaves, uh, and just find ways to create money that way. And it just became like embedded in me to figure out ways to create income, create money uh, by solving people's problems. When did you have your first job? Uh, I was, my first legitimate job, I was, I was in my first real job, I was 16. Uh, it was a, I was a detail person at a used car dealership. And it was, I did not do well. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, the way my mind works, I'm starting to know this as I'm getting older, but my mind is just very go, 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 go. The right. fine details I let someone else clean up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. When you're when you're cleaning cars, that's not like you have to get all of the little <laughs> spots and yeah and yeah. get it. So I was never like the perfectionist. I was always this is extremely clean. This is really good. I'd send it out, and then they bring it right back. Hey, you missed this sp- little tiny spot behind the wheel or whatever. And I was just like ah. Uh. So yeah. I ended up leaving that and started cooking pizzas. Uh, which was awesome. I love that job. I am not a good short order cook, though, by any means. Um, so I <laughs> left doing that and got an internship at a steel foundry as a metallurgist. Uh, took me about a week and a half or so to turn that into a full time job as a 16 year old high school student. I love that you guys you can get jobs at 16. I mean, for example, in, yeah. uh, in Romania, where um, I'm actually. Uh, where we'll film, where our mm-hmm. headquarters are. I'm trying to find this sound fancy right now, but obviously it's not working. So, right. <laughs> um, in Romania, you need to be 18 to actually get a yeah. job or to start an internship. So, I love the fact that you guys can uh, can start so early, right? And um, this oh, yeah. kind of attitude is encouraged. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we can. I think we can legally start working at like 14. Mm-hmm. over here um like inside of an actual like business that isn't family owned i think it's yeah. 14 13 yeah. something like that yeah yeah um and it's it it depends on your like your environment like where you're at over here some people don't get a job until they're out of college and some people don't start working until they're out of high school mm. and then some start working as soon as possible it really just depends on the environment that you're you're raised in and when you start actually working so it, not everybody starts super young and super early uh, but some do so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. awesome so you got the internship the, did you decide to stay at the foundry or um... yeah so they actually it was like my my one like i fell in love like this is what i was going to do i was going to go to college and get a degree in uh chemistry and then metallurgy as well um and that was going to be my thing and then they outsourced my entire department to China wow. and, and so then I was like immediately out of a job like wasn't given any notice they're just like all right man thanks for thanks for the year you put in with us you're done I'm like oh that's like right before like months before I was graduating high school mm-hmm. uh, getting ready to start accepting uh, college offers and stuff to go to college to pursue this degree and then my job gets like just ripped from me 
And I started noticing this trend because I was looking for metallurgy jobs and speaking with people in the industry. And it was like non-existent anymore. People were pushing it away mm-hmm. and uh, outsourcing it all to Thailand and China, where the two like largest fa- uh, foundries in the world are at. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that that probably wasn't going to be something I could do long term. So I didn't want to waste the time, energy and effort on college to get a job that or to try and get a job that doesn't exist anymore. Is that when you discovered copywriting? That's when I discovered sales. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I transitioned out of that, um, had a couple of really bad jobs that I hated and ended up stumbling upon selling cars at a dealership randomly. A uh, family friend of, of ours uh, recommended me to go talk to his good friend who is a sales manager at a local car dealership. And he's, he's like, go learn sales, man. If you want to make good money, not go to college. This is the way to do it. Go, go sell something. Learn there because you don't need a degree or anything. So I started selling cars, and I picked it up like it was instant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I went from and it's I worked for the largest uh, privately owned dealership group in the Midwest here in the in the states. So we we had twenty five, twenty six dealerships uh, that were owned by the same people. And so we had a big, big company and uh, there's a lot of salespeople obviously within the corporation. They had 200, 230 salespeople or so. And within the first like 90 days, I became one of the top three salespeople for the entire group. Because it uh, just came so naturally. Yeah, it's just because I didn't buy into like the the pressure sales and and the, the tactics that the old car guys were using. I just really just wanted to solve people's problems. I wanted to share a perspective. I wanted to give people information that they can take action on. I love that. You know, we were actually talking about in a previous interview with, uh, with Mario Tomic and, uh, guys check it out. Um, we were discussing sales as well. Mario is a fitness genius and he has this huge, uh, uh, fitness consulting company. And we were discussing the exact idea that, sales is not what people really think of when we talk about sales. You really like more like a consultant or an actual doctor, right? Somebody comes to you to solve a problem. So if you can solve the problem, fine, right? If you can't, then send them to somebody who can or give them a better solution. And people really love that, you know, because you're looking out for their, their own best interest. Absolutely. And it's, <clears throat> that's when I like started selling did really well, <clears throat> started leading uh, our dealership itself, training leaders, uh, training salespeople. I started really realizing like the actual foundation of sales is, has nothing to do with selling anything. Yeah, It literally is just pulling out and extracting the right information so you can give them the next steps that they need to take. So with cars, obviously, you need to figure out how big of a car they need, what their budget is, the features that they want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's you, that's what you do. You figure that out, and then you say this is the perfect fit for you. For uh, you know, martial arts, you figure out what they're looking for. If they're looking for discipline, or if they're looking for strength building, cardio, if they're looking to mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, work within a team, or if they. There's a lot of if they want to go to competitions, they want to be a UFC fighter or they want to be a boxer dude, or whatever. Dude, like I like I interview people before they want to join the school. Like I, I talk to them over the phone, and if they're like a good fit with with the school and we can actually help them, I say yeah, okay, come for a trial. But if not, I just like 
you know, it's, it's, we can't help you with, with this or with that if we can't, right? right. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the same. We need to get in touch with the people and ask a lot of questions, right? That's, yeah, that's the idea. And that, that's part of my copy. That's what I do long, very long form copy. Mm-hmm. And exactly what you're talking about is asking the right questions and kind of like, we say qualifying on our side of things, but the customer is, they're, they're figuring out if that's the right fit for them as well. Yes. And you do that through the copy itself, the way you tell the story, the way you use assumptive questions, the way you place features and benefits throughout the entire copy, let's, it's going to start weeding people out. Let's get a bit clearer on what we mean through copy because not everybody's into, you know, not oh, everybody listening in uh, is into marketing and business and uh, crazy like that. Like somebody, somebody listening to us copy, what do you mean copy paste? What are you talking about? Right. And I, the most, so I tell people I'm a copywriter, the, the first thing I get is, Oh, you protect like ideas and products. Yeah, 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 exactly. A little C. Uh, that's not, not not at all what I do. The so the bet the easiest way to explain this to people the spam emails that you get. <laughs> I, I write stuff like that, but I for my clients I don't I don't do spam. I don't do stuff you didn't sign up for. I don't do it for bot lists. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, if you you're on Facebook and someone's giving away a free guide, you know the five best techniques to. Uh, you know, go for a submission in jujitsu, right? And then you get this free guide. Uh, you know, it shows you an arm bar, or darce choke, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And you get this free guide, but you gave up your email for it. Then the follow up educational emails that you get about how you could take this digital training on how to properly uh, move from half guard to full guard or mm-hmm. whatever just, uh, trainings on. Um, how to do things, or maybe they invite you in for a free trial in the gym or something similar like that. I write that the words that you see on the emails on the sales pages, um, like when you click a link or on a website and you see words, those words, that's that's called copy. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Long so you're basically long. <laughs> you, we were mentioning before we uh, we started the uh, the interview, we were talking about persuasion, right? Yeah. Um. I'd like to, you know, I'd love to dive a bit deeper and, um, you know, pick your brains a bit in terms of what do you feel that persuasion actually means, right? And um, sure. why it's important. And then I'd love to link it up a bit with, uh, you know, exclusively what it means in martial arts. So, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In my mind, persuasion is just helping someone see a perspective they didn't see before so they can agree with the words that are being spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what that means is uh, every I believe everyone has a different perspective. So someone that is trying to persuade somebody is trying to get somebody to see their perspective. Mm-hmm. So when I share an idea with you in my perspective, I'm trying to say it in a way that you understand it to get you to agree with whatever I may be saying. Okay. A lot of people will link persuasion with manipulation, manipulation. or other like bad lingo that mm-hmm. doesn't have good meaning behind it or good intentions and that's not at all what i believe persuasion is there's i would i don't believe in selling ice to eskimos they don't need ice i believe in selling blankets and furs and boots and coats the things that they actually need, need yeah um, showing them why they need my boots and furs and coats and everything else uh, and not the next guys because mine's better kind of thing so that's that's my thoughts on persuasion so why would 
why would an Eskimo buy your boots? Because my boots are always better. <laughs> it just depends on whatever the value prop is. It could be because mine are made uh, with actual fur or mm -hmm. instead of synthetic fur, maybe mine have a lifetime guarantee or whatever the value proposition of how they're manufactured or you know how we donate 20% of all of our sales mm -hmm. to the you know the animal wildlife conser conservation or whatever it may be whatever the it, it needs the to be important to stuff. them first of all i think right yeah, so it comes absolutely. down to actually knowing to knowing who you're dealing with in the, mm -hmm. in the first place yeah absolutely. like in terms of martial arts is you know if we were to take this idea and apply it, for example, in, in a ring or in a self-defense situation, what you're doing either physically, verbally, or um, just by having a certain state is an act of persuasion in and of itself. You're persuading the other person that, look, there's not, this is not a time to fight. This is, we can find a different solution. And, uh, the same idea in in the ring you're persuading the other guy that they have no chance absolutely to win you're, yeah you i mean and you're also i mean you're persuading them into going with your body movements going with your tempo going with your um with your flow when you exactly. start when you control the the flow of the fight exactly. and the tempo of the fight you're persuading them into fighting your way instead of you being persuaded to fight their way the best is to create a certain tempo with them and then break it. Yep. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Which martial arts did you do? I was. I did jujitsu and Muay Thai. Brazilian jujitsu and uh, Muay Thai, right? Yep. yep. Very, very nice I trained, combination. I trained with a Carlson Gracie team mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. LA for a little bit. I was. I'm not. I was not very good. <laughs> By any means, I I got I got pulled into I got persuaded into <laughs> the martial arts uh, by a good friend of mine. Who Dude, you gotta try this. Like the classic persuasion, you know, classic friend persuasion. Dude, you need to try this. You need to see this. Yeah. Oh yeah, you gotta try it, dude. This is the best thing ever. And you show up for one class, get beat up. You're like, this sucks, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And but just being drugged there day after day after day after day it becomes like a routine and a habit and it yeah. you're so used to it and it's great and you learn it's the discipline of showing up it's the discipline of pushing yourself it's the discipline of learning something new uh, it's the, you know it's I I enjoyed it when I went it wasn't I mean there was days that sucked you know you have days where you just completely get the crap yeah. beat out of you or uh, where you just can't get you know, the right submission or you can't get the right uh, positioning or you can't get the takedown or whatever it may be and you just continuously fail and fail and fail. And I think that continues to, to build up your, your mental toughness and just overall your 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 mindsets. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're a great, great, you know, martial arts and personal development are actually a very, very powerful combination. Um, but you have... You know, you were doing well at the car dealership, right? And yeah. then all of a sudden you decided, you know what? I'm going to change. Yeah. I, um, we all have, I believe we all have times in our lives where we need like a massive change. Mm -hmm. And if, I mean, if you're listening and you haven't had that yet, it might happen for you. It might not. I obviously can't tell the future for you, but I've had many times in my life where massive change was like necessary. So I've had a couple of different times, but yeah, I, 
I, um, I was living in Illinois, working at a car dealership, doing great, six-figure income, loved it. Uh, I mean, couldn't have been better. Everything was going great, brand new car, trips whenever I wanted to, like it was awesome. But it just wasn't, like I just wasn't happy. Like I just, I didn't, something was wrong. How, how did you know that you weren't happy? Because I, I, I just didn't feel like, I wasn't growing anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I hit, I realized that I had hit like a ceiling. I was like, because I, I had this massive amount of growth in like such a short amount of time, maybe 18 months. I just, it was just growth. It was from, I was making like $1,100 a month at some BS job to making six figures, like almost like wow. flipping a switch. Mm-hmm. And then promotion after promotion after promotion after promotion. And then it was like to the point where I was like running a dealership and I was like, well, the next thing is to buy in and own the dealership, but that's, I would be doing the same thing I do now. So I'm like, now what? You know, I didn't know. I just, I just, I ran through it so quickly and then just hit like this, the ceiling and it just stopped growing. And that, that killed me. Cause that's why, that's what was fueling me is the growth. And that's what was making me happy every day was growing and learning and doing better and better and better. And that's to the point where I was like, man, this just isn't it anymore. Like I need to do something crazy i need to put myself back to where i was miserable and grow again i need to to figure that out so that's exactly what i did was there some kind of trigger or some kind of external event that that happened or and you said okay i'm leaving tomorrow to california or was it just like your internal dialogue i mean yeah i mean it was just it just was a big build-up uh of just wanting change, wanting change, wanting change. And then the right opportunity just happened one day. My current roommates that I have now um, were getting ready to move from uh, like Culver City to where we're at now in Marina Del Rey, which is on the beach. And they needed another roommate. And they and they knew that I was planning my, you know, my trip to move out here because I had yeah, interviewed yeah, at jobs yeah. out here and stayed with them and stuff. And there uh they said yeah you can be our roommate uh you can move out here i said when they said i mean you can sleep on our couch here until we get the new place if you want i was like done um quit my job told my mom's like hey i'm i'm going to california and i'm gonna figure it out so i sold everything i had besides my clothes and my books packed it all in my car and drove out here nice nice did people tell you you're crazy Yes, I get told I'm crazy a lot, like a lot, a lot. Congratulations, that's a, that's, that's a very good yes. state to be in, to be honest. Oh, okay. yeah, I love it. Uh, I've I've always been on the, I've, I've, I've always had this mindset of all in or not at all. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've learned to rein that back in certain situations because it's not always a good thing, but it's a powerful trigger to have, in my opinion, because you become fully committed to whatever an idea uh, a business plan uh sales your job a career your relationship it could martial arts it doesn't matter if you're all in all invested there's no hesitation no doubts no second guessing no thoughts it's just this is going to happen i'm going to do it right now mm-hmm. it's powerful it's yeah. it's extremely powerful a lot of people sit on the fence of not knowing if they should make the decision yes or no whatever and, and- it may be you know what? Just by taking action and you know, getting to that decisiveness and saying and, and stepping up, even though you you may and of course it's not your case, but it was like my experience many times where I just 
threw myself in the thing without knowing how to navigate it. Yeah. But your confidence builds so much. Oh yeah. You know, you gain such a deeper sense um, of of who you are and who you don't want to be just by doing Absolutely. that. Yeah, you definitely when you when you make decisions on the spot off of instinct or previous experience mm-hmm. and you throw yourself into something you may not know how it's going to turn out or you may not know what the next step is after you say yes, whatever it may be, it puts you in that spot of becoming creative, building your your mental toughness and just figuring things out. I mean, I I do it constantly. I'm I'm bad about it. Like I actually, and I've written a couple articles about this because it helps me slow down, but I make decisions on the spot all the time. It doesn't, it could be a million dollar decision. It could be a $5 decision. It could be if I want to go out to eat or not, but I'm just always, cause I would rather make 10 decisions and get four of them right than make two decisions and get two of them right. Because I'm only getting two things and I'm not getting any lessons out of them either. You know, you know that joke with, uh, you know, the guy who, um, you know, he had a, like, like a farm and uh, one employee came one day and he said, you know what, I need the, the fence. I, I need to build a fence, right? And then one day the guy like builds the whole fence like perfectly. And and the farmer is like so impressed, right? He said, wow, this is incredible. The next day, yeah, but we need to paint the, fa- the fence. Okay, no problem. And he, you know, he does this thing and paints mm-hmm. the whole fence and uh, he's done. Um, and then the third day, you know what? We need to sort out these potatoes. And uh, the dude starts starts doing it, and uh, he throws out like. And by the end of the day, he's like, you know what? I quit. I I, I can't take it anymore. And the farmer's like, why? What are you talking about? You did such a great job with the fence the other day. Yeah, but these freaking potatoes. Too many decisions. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy. <laughs> it's yeah. not easy, you know. It's not, it, it can hurt people a lot, but I, I just so firmly believe I'd rather, I would rather, I'd much rather do make good 10 decisions. Six of them can be bad. Four of them could be good than make just two and be perfect because of the six that were bad, that's six lessons I learned. And I still doubled the amount of good decisions I made. So that's, I believe in that full heartedly. And yes, you'll see a lot more failure, but you're also eventually going to see a lot more success. And you can always make like uh, uh, fried potatoes for for dinner. Exactly. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, guys, let me know in the comments if uh, I have the most terrible jokes ever that you've heard. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, you um, mentioned in, um, I think it was in one of your bios, that you had like two, you started two companies, right? Yes. And um, those companies failed. You know, I love talking about the failures as well, because yeah. there's so much fluff in the personal development space. And there is. I, I'd love it if you could share. You know, what were the lessons that you gained from, um, um, yeah, from those experiences, and how do you feel that they're helping you today? Yeah. So, um, both of the decision or both of the businesses were made with like a snap decision, like we were talking about, right? So. Uh, the first one was I was going to start a vinyl sticker business. So like you see the decals that go in cars or windows or whatever. Um, I was like, that's I'm going to do that. It's super mm-hmm. low cost to get into, super easy to do. Like I can do that. So I went, I bought a machine online, got the software downloaded and started figuring out how to use it. 
and then just started selling stuff. I was like, cool. I'll just start, you know, hitting people up who needs stickers for cars, who needs stickers for signs, whatever. And I did well, uh, made all my money back that I originally invested, made a little bit of a profit and hit this like wall. I was like, this is a lot of work for very little money. And because I was constantly trying to find people to spend ten dollars. Mm. I would have to find ten people a day to spend ten dollars for me to then spend three, four hours cutting it all out with the machine, taping it all up, yeah, packaging yeah, yeah. it, mailing it. And I was like, how do I scale this? And I was like, I can't. So I just <laughs> like I instantly like shut it down. I was like, nope, done. Completely shut it down. And thought back on it, I was like, I definitely could have scaled that if I would have sat back, wrote out a business plan, you know, figured out who needs stickers, why they need stickers, and how to sell in bulk. Mm-hmm. That's where the mm-hmm. money is at. And start figuring out like the business side of it rather than I'm just gonna do this and figure it all out. That puts a lot of stress on you with the business. So I learned to yes, take action is huge. Like definitely do that. Like don't stop doing that because you don't have a business plan. On the flip side of things, like also figure out your most efficient use of your time. Like, how can you be more effective? You can't do everything at once by yourself. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You can't do everything in a relationship. You can't do everything in martial arts. You have to learn from somebody. You have to, you know, get guidance from a coach uh, with that. You know, you have to learn the new discipline or whatever it may be. And in business, the same thing. You can't do it all yourself. You can't be the accountant. You can't be the salesperson. You can't be the follow-up guy. You can't be the actual operator. You can't be the person stamping the envelopes. You can't fill the envelopes. Like you can't do it all. And it's tough because when you're starting out, you have to do it all unless you raised money or whatever you have and you can hire employees. But, um, always figure out how to put people in place and build a team so that way you can scale, you can grow. So do you feel like actually uh, finishing a business course before doing the actual business, would that be a good idea? I don't know. I've never taken a business course. Mm. Uh, never attended college. Uh, just That's never my thing. So I don't know that answer. Maybe uh, from what I've consumed content-wise from some of the world's uh, most well-known millionaires and some of my clients that are also millionaires, uh, all of my clients that are millionaires, none of them have gone to college, uh, and none of them preach about college. None of them tell people to go to college. <laughs> so I, I guess I don't know that answer. Possibly, um, would it hurt to have more knowledge? No. Will it hurt you as far as time, energy, effort, and money? Absolutely, because so it's going to take like a certain when, amount of time. When I when I was saying a business course, I wasn't referring to um, college because I. I'm actually very against uh, you know traditional education because I feel it's useless. Okay. Um, what I was referring to is actually <clears throat> if one of uh, the millionaires that you are working with would mm-hmm. teach a business course, would it would that oh, be yeah. useful? If it if it fits the criteria that you need to learn. So, mm-hmm. like one of my uh, previous clients, Alex Sharfin, he takes businesses that are doing a million dollars a year, and he lays out a blueprint to do like 10 million a year, 20 million a year. That's what he helps people do. So like yep. somebody just starting their first business and have no revenue. It wouldn't be a good fit. Mm-hmm. It would be a terrible class for them. Mm-hmm. On the mm-hmm. flip side, another one of my clients, Ty Lopez, 
as courses to help you get started with a digital marketing agency or uh, you know how to start your credit business with credit cards and building up your credit lines and stuff like is a lot of entry level like first business type blueprint stuff that would significantly help people so it depends on what level you're at and i would definitely do research about you should you should know why you're doing whatever you're doing whether mm-hmm. it be college or a digital course or a webinar or whatever whatever that content is that you're looking to consume you have to be very intentional about why you're consuming it mm. It's awesome. That's awesome. These are good tip. Pi, I th- I feel like Pi is surrounding is surrounded by a lot of very very good marketing people. He's yes. like he's he's awesome. You know, with he his has marketing. a huge marketing team. Yeah, huge marketing team. Uh, extremely extremely talented. And then if you're following him on social anywhere, right? He's always got friends and mentors and he's he he spends he might i I don't know the exact dollar amount he could spend a half a million to a million dollars a year in learning himself from Mm -hmm, experts mm -hmm. in advertising experts on youtube ads yet experts in facebook ads and just consuming intentionally consuming more content so he can continue to grow his personal brand so he can continue to put value in the courses and help people He's great. It's like in just a few years, you know, like almost everybody knows who he is. Like, um, yeah, in my garage, just bought this new Lamborghini. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, cool. Well known for that, that's for sure. <laughs> awesome. So, what what was what was like your biggest takeaway from that experience with you with that business? His his business. He's always testing. No, no I mean with your business. With my business? Yeah, with the sticker. Um, my, my biggest takeaway is slowing down a little bit, um, not a lot, but a little bit, and having an idea of where I'm going, what the next step is, uh, or at least thinking about it, to be more forward thinking about what's going on and how to get to the next level. Because mm-hmm. you may not know the answer, but if you're continuously putting it front of mind, hey, I need to know what I'm doing next, that's going to be your... I think that's going to be a good crutch for a lot of people to, to lean on in the early parts of their business before they can really hire a team or before they can actually outsource stuff because they may need the full income and they can't afford to take a you know a 60-40 split on something or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Is just be forward thinking about what your next step is. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so what about like your second business? What, what lessons do you get from that? There's- this one didn't last long at all. I had one client. It was a, I was going to, it was a millennial management coaching. Okay. Well, that's what I was going to do. Cause I was like, I'm going to be a coach. I was 21, 22, 21 or 22. I was at the car dealership still. And I was going to, cause I was so good at managing a sales staff. Like we did fantastic with growth after I started training the salespeople and helping mm-hmm. them. It was because I was dealing a lot, we had a lot of millennials, so I was like, I'm going to teach other people how to manage millennials like this because I've gotten ridiculous results with my guys, right? And because you have to communicate with different generations in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm a millennial myself, so I was like, I know how to talk to me. Yeah. So I was going to teach other people how to do it. I was like, no problem. So I start, I just like get a logo made on Fiverr. I'm like, good. So I start going out and uh, hitting up businesses, and I'm like, Hey, I want to help you guys manage your millennials better. I know that 
it's a problem in the workplace. You, they're always playing on their phone. They're not involved. They don't care. Yeah. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I got turned away by like everybody. And I mean, I hit every don't angle. Don't believe possible. it. No way. I use like a million different scripts. I use, and I'm a, I'm a fantastic salesperson. Yeah. But I couldn't get around the fact that I had no experience. I was like 21 or 22 years old. And I was hitting up the wrong businesses. Like I was hitting up businesses that had like three employees or, uh, Mm -hmm. or it was just like, uh, they only hired, you know, college kids during the summer or just stuff that it wasn't going to leave an impact on their business. So it didn't matter to them. And I had no like program or process of how I was going to go about and do anything. Like I had nothing laid out. I was just like, I'm just going to go do it. You know what? And I I feel like I feel like this uh, conversation is going to be super valuable to like big companies that are actually dealing with uh, situations like this where they do want to have uh, better communication with their employees, with their younger mm-hmm. staff, right? So how did you actually manage millennials so well? Uh, I, I sat them down and asked them how they felt they could fit better within the company, what more responsibilities or less responsibilities they could do really had like a genuine conversation with them rather than pointing fingers do this because I said so uh, this is what you need to do yada 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 I didn't care about that stuff I was all about creating whatever environment that they needed in order to be successful because if you help your people be successful then obviously you become successful as well so I would just help them get ahead I you know with the, it's at the car dealership. It was super easy. It was, what can I do for you? Can I call your customers? Can I help you set up emails? Can I schedule out your day for you and make it easy? Can I set, you know, and schedule in phone breaks where they can play on their phone? And mm-hmm, there's a million mm-hmm, different things mm-hmm. you can do to make people more productive during the day. They just need a little bit of guidance. They need to feel like they have a purpose. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing. If they feel like they have a place and a purpose within your organization, they're going to thrive. If they have no idea what they're doing and why, they're not going to stay long. They're going to job hop. They're going to play on their phone. They're going to do the minimum to get by and not get fired is what you're going to get out of them. But when you give them a purpose, and it doesn't, I mean, you don't need to give them a promotion to give them a purpose, but hey, by the way, as a customer sales representative, you are the heartbeat of my organization. You are the person that my customers with problems call you and rely on you to solve them. So it, without you, my company doesn't work. I have people that are upset and they have no one to talk to. So I need you to do that. That's your your purpose in my company is helping make it run by doing this. You have a very important role, which it is. It's not, you're not filling your head with a bunch of stuff. It's, it's true. It's real. It's genuine. But unless you tell them that and expressly like follow up with it, hey, you did really great on this or really great on this. Hey, can we try this approach instead? And start using very positive type of techniques to go about communicating with the staff. That's how you're. Gonna, that's when you're going to see the growth. I feel that you're involving a lot of respect, right? Like people actually treating that person like they're, um, you know, hugely important indeed because they are. They yeah, people are, and it's the the downside to things are people don't know how to communicate is the biggest problem. That's why I have a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a copywriter, I communicate really well. I know how to dig information out of people. I know how to get people to listen. I know how to listen, right? And then I also know how to get people to do things. And when I say that or when I explain this to people, they're like, well, 
anybody can get anybody to do things if you yell at them or tell them they have to do it. Yeah, but if you get somebody to do, yeah, you get somebody to do something, and then they ask you if they can do something else or do something next or do something more, or they thank you for having them do it, thank you for the opportunity. Whereas previously they would have never done that with anybody, but they're thanking you or they're appreciative of it. That's when the communication is better. That's when the communication is effective and it's actually working. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And I feel like companies will have to adapt in that sense. Yeah, it's it's all it's it's literally it's all about just understanding the other person's perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, for martial arts uh, teachers that are listening in right now, it's the same with um, with your clients because you know, in yes. a sense, they're. If you're employees, let's say, or they're like the the, the, the your organization, you know, yeah. yeah. And uh, something that really, you know, that I started doing recently, a few months ago, like with every person that comes into my school, I schedule like a one-on-one mentoring session where we sit down and uh, we set some goals for their martial arts, for their life, right, and. Uh, yeah. We, we map out like a process for them to get there and, and see what would hold them back, right? And yeah. it's amazing because I personally get to know these guys and these gals a lot, a lot better than if I would. It's just like they, they just came, came to class and mm-hmm. they feel they feel very appreciated and respected and, and part of something, you know, they feel like exactly like you said they have like a purpose or that the school has a purpose in their lives as well yep absolutely when you when you give the attention that's needed and people think that it takes so much time out of their day it could be you could have a martial arts school with 100 students but there's there's enough time in the year to sit down and have a conversation with each of them or you have different uh senseis or instructors that are teaching and they uh, they can easily, you know, for five minutes roll with somebody that they hadn't rolled with before. And they, you can have conversations with your rolling. I remember having conversations when uh, we used to roll around and spar and such too. Even with, you know, doing kickboxing and such, uh, you're still able to to get to know somebody during the breaks or, you know, during mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a or whatever it may be. Uh, there's always time to ask somebody why they're doing what they're doing and how you can help make it easier or better or more effective for them yeah 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 uh one of the, like one of the best things that we've done in the school was like the level up month where you would like uh everyone would choose a partner and in order yeah. for them to level up they would have to help the the person in front of them level up they like help their partner level up so that created like a this this feeling of family inside the school you know absolutely people i i think you know the more we can create connection like actual human connection in any type of organization the the better it is because that i think we're really hungry for that today yeah we are we're with with information being available you know at, at our fingertips mm-hmm. and being able to have a conversation with anybody at any given time but also be able to shut it off when someone gives you their time and they want to listen to what you have to say they want to help you 
solve problems or get to the next level or whatever it may be when someone spends that time with you it it's you can't match it with anything else you can't the only thing we literally cannot get more of is time you can get more of everything else on the planet but you cannot get more time so when you share that with somebody it's on a subconscious level we we think it's important yeah 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 absolutely absolutely um so what are what are some of your um, future projects? What are you working on? Yes, yeah, so I'm working on a book right now, The Copywriter's Manifesto. Mm-hmm. For those of you listening that are not copywriters and think this book would not be for you, um, I, I, yes, yes and no. And I'd say that because this book is how to tell a story, how to share a story. You're going to learn how to communicate in a way that you may not have even thought was possible before, or maybe you never thought of that perspective. And I'm putting this book together, one, because I wish I had it when I first began writing copy for people, when I first began sales. It would have saved me a lot of heart, you know, heartaches and frustrations and money and yeah. <laughs> all those things. But I'd also be able to communicate with like my friends better, my family, um, you know, in my relationships and such, because... When you're able to share stories in a way that people can understand them, relate to them, mm-hmm. um, that that's powerful. So that's what this book is. Yes, it's going to have you know how to how to sell stuff with words, how to write emails, how to write sales letters, but it's also going to have an entire section on storytelling, how to share your story, how to build your brand, how to position it in a way so people can receive you and receive your information, receive your brand in a way that they can relate to it. Awesome. Super, awesome. Super powerful. Awesome. Um, you know, some some martial arts uh some martial artists uh listening right now are asking themselves, stories, why do I need to tell stories? Have you seen my roundhouse kick? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> everyone has a story. I can I can tell you my the only gym I've ever trained at was uh Tarpon's Dojo, which was part of the Carlson Grayson team, like I mentioned, and I remember the story. His Nick Tarpin owned the gym that I trained at. He opened a second one, and his dad uh, was a huge martial artist before that, huge in karate, uh, huge in jujitsu, and his, his name is also Nick Tarpin. And I remember uh, going through, and the part of the process during your free trial was uh, reading stories about his dad and the different techniques that he introduced into the sport and the different matches that he had won and he had lost and the lessons that he had won and he had lost and learning about that stuff as well. And he consumed that story of the brand and it sold me. I, if I was going to train martial arts again, I would go back to Nick and I'd say, Hey, I need you to train. I need one of your, you know, one of your instructors to train me on jujitsu or Muay Thai or whatever they're training in and I'll just go with whatever they they're doing because I believe so much in their brand and what they've done for the sport and the accomplishments they've done and it's not about you know yes maybe you have 10 pro fighters but that's great what about the guy like me that just wants the discipline I don't want to be a pro fighter yes so it's not going to do me any good but if those pro fighters come from a great story you know it's background of knowledge and such it's great it's so funny that you say that because uh you know I I published my book Two years ago, and um, I just like I think at the middle of last year, I just started giving it out for free for everybody who 
who came into school, you know, beginning of last yeah. year actually. And what I noticed was that, like this this it was totally different because this connection started forming, this connection that wasn't there before. Just because right. people got to know, you know, what I went through and uh, you know, how how this all came came to be. And yeah. yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, stories are are essential regardless of what you're doing. Even like when absolutely. you're going on a date, you you you're telling your story, right? Yep, absolutely. You're telling a, a story of some sort. It could have been a story from your childhood, but a lot of us, when we when we share a story, we're sharing what we, at top of mind, believe is the most valuable piece of it. Yes. But we're not sharing the context, we're not sharing the bits and pieces that make that story powerful, mm. and that's the art of good storytelling does. So it's going to help you explain things better, not just your business or your brand, but just stories that you've already been telling for years it's going to help you put a more positive spin on it or a more powerful spin to where people are going to actually understand it I, you just... you got my attention where can i order the book <laughs> the book um will be available on amazon and barnes and noble and all that fun stuff uh i have a pre-order um link uh on my website colevandy.com c-o-l-e-v-a-n-d-e-e.com mm -hmm. i'll link it up uh, in the then, description guys so check it check the description you'll you'll find the link to cole's website and also um a link where you can pre-order his book and, and absolutely i got I haven't really been pushing it as a pre-order yet, and I have a couple dozen of them already mm -hmm. pushed out. So, hoping it'll be released in March. Uh, it'll it's going to be fantastic. It's going to help if you're if you know if you own a, a dojo or a gym by any means. Uh, this will help you put educational emails out to those that may have signed up. Uh, for free trials or signed up on your website and gave an email up to be able to send more powerful emails to get more people through the door that want to to learn from you and want to learn the art and it'll help you with your advertising efforts to just put more people in the door so you can accomplish your mission so i love it i love it awesome uh guys go ahead and check out cole's uh website and yeah. uh Get in touch with him if you have any questions regarding copywriting, regarding how to be more persuasive, how to tell your story a lot better. And um, I think a lot of it, you actually cover it in, in the book, right? Is, yeah, is, it your, is it your first book? No, I wrote a book uh, called Create Your Spark, Love Your Inspiration. Uh, it's available on Amazon right now. It is all about um, how to create inspiration within so that way because i find i found myself personally you'll go through and you'll listen to motivational cds or you'll watch these goal cast videos mm -hmm. and you get inspired and it lasts for a couple hours a couple days and then it's gone you have to watch another one yeah and it becomes redundant you just do it over and over and over and over but if you find a way to create your own spark inside of you and fall in love with just always being inspired you don't have to continuously find something to inspire you. You don't have to watch a video for motivation. You don't have to figure out what your why is every single day. You wake up and you're pumped up. You're fired up. You love waking up every day. You get to work and you start fulfilling your your legacy every morning. And it doesn't stop for the rest of your life. So that's why I put that book together. It's incredible. Uh, check it out on Amazon. It's available. I believe I don't have a 
a Kindle version yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, still getting it formatted, but uh, it's and it's available in Europe as well. Awesome. It should be available worldwide. So awesome, awesome. So what? Um, I'll post another link to uh, um, to this book as well, guys. So check uh, awesome. check the description. Awesome. I'm super grateful for Andrea right now because uh, she found you. Yeah. And she's like, uh, you know, Cole would be a really good fit for uh, for our podcast. Like, uh, should we set up an interview? I say, yeah, yeah, why not? So, Andrea, sh- big shout out. Thank you so much for reaching out to Cole. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, this was super valuable. Um, Cole, one question for everybody listening. What would you like yeah. to ask them? I just want to know how I can help you guys be more successful, how I can help you accomplish something, uh, who I can connect you with, whatever I can do to help out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's my biggest question. That's the question that I'm always Tyler. asking. So, what's Tyler up? Lopez. You Tyler Lopez. <laughs> I know, man. He's, he's tough. I can, I, generally, I don't even communicate with him. I communicate just, with his team. I'm joking. He's I'm tough. Joking. No, I, uh, I, I was just imagining everybody in the <laughs> comment section like, oh, can we, I want to ride on Ty's uh, Ferrari or some crazy stuff. <laughs> no, if there's, if there's anything I can do to help out um, with, with emails or strategies or yes. making yes. a connection with people or whatever it is, just uh, reach out to me and get me on social media, uh, facebook.com slash Cole Vandy, V-A-N-D-E-E, and he'll put a link in the in the description as well for it. And don't uh, be shy about it, guys. Don't be shy. Yeah, because, just reach you know, out to me. I get I get hundreds of messages from people asking questions and stuff, and I, I have people that come to me. I had a, he's a speaking coach came out and came to me, he's like, emails are dead blah 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 he's like why are you using email mm-hmm. start sharing him with my results my strategies and stuff he's like oh okay so he sent like 10 minutes later he sent out an email blast to his email list right and he scheduled like 13 uh consultations for coaching wow and he messaged me back he's like dude this is amazing and blah 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 and he posted all over his facebook and they're like how much did it cost you to talk with cole he's like cole didn't charge me anything cole just walked me through why he does what he does and how he does it and I implemented it, you know. I I try and give people the ideas, uh, you know, the the stats, and then it's up to you to to act mm-hmm. on it. You know, I'm not not one of those guys that charges you a thousand dollars to pick my brain by any means. If you have questions, not, yet. not yet, not yet. I, I will eventually. So you better take so, advantage of it. Now. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I actually wanted to point that out because you know, guys, you're listening, and Cole is is still at the stage where uh, you can reach out to him and actually ask uh, for this valuable information. That this not it's not gonna last forever, right? So, take action right now and make it happen. Awesome. Absolutely. So I'll see you guys in the comments. Let us know what Cole can do for you in terms of storytelling, persuasion, or you know, just um, whatever. What do you feel that Cole can help you out with, right? And uh, I'll see you guys next time. Cole, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope this was super valuable for you. And if you want to have unstoppable self-confidence without seeming arrogant, there's a link in the description where you can download the free report. And if you want me to personally help you with your martial arts training so that you get more speed, power, precision, stability, and have a deeper understanding of your body, you go ahead and you check the link for our online academy, which you will find, of course, in the description.
and please go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes. It does help and it is very much appreciated. I'll see you next time.